I'm trying to think of a God, what was that thing they always said in Back to the Future? That um oh god, it's not shenanigans. It doesn't matter. I have no idea what Welcome to Your Work Friends. We're two HR ladies. I'm Francesca. I'm Mel. And we're here to make work more human and give you the best resources. And today we're talking headlines. Mel, what are you reading in the news this week about work? Yeah, um, AI is everywhere. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) In Bloomberg this week, they had an article that caught my eye. The article headline is Wall Street Bosses Turn to AI to Help Write Performance Reviews. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, right. And as two HR ladies who are on a mission to make HR more human, uh, caught my eye immediately. Uh, I'm going to pause before I get into the context here and just What's your initial reaction to that headline? I get a little nervous when we think about automating something that should be deeply personal and deeply human, quite honestly. Um, And performance reviews, when we think about even very conservative, traditional performance management, which is like you have a mid-year review and you have a year-end review, those things should be super personalized. Right. Not not chat GPT, you know? Yeah. I agree with you here. Um, listen, I my eyebrow raised just a tad. Uh, I'm going to get into the meat. Wall Street has been leveraging AI for clients for some time. I, I don't know about you, but I've been leveraging AI on my 401ks and things like that to give me reports that, you know, of course, it's great. Um, and they're currently working on looking at AI for workplace productivity and efficiencies. Again, Agree. I think absolutely companies absolutely should be should. Yeah. taking a look at this, right? Um, Workday, which is one of the largest HR software providers in the market today, mm-hmm. recently rolled out software which relies on AI to perform traditional HR tasks like writing job descriptions. Um, but included in that package was also software that helps write performance reviews. And in the article, the Workday uh, co-CEO, Carl Eschenbach, noted that banks have expressed a lot of interest in leveraging the software to streamline operations and to cut costs. Caught my eye. Okay, I'll read further here. Um, The example that Eschenbach provided is primarily a task that traditionally today falls on hiring managers, talent acquisition, um, to streamline the writing of job descriptions. So to quote specifically in the article, he said, you have a hundred employees and it takes seven hours to write job descriptions for each employee, which equates to 700 hours. With the AI software, that time is now cut to two minutes per description. I read that and thought, okay, good example of usefulness. Yeah, and it is. It's a, to, good, it's a great yeah. example. That's where it makes sense. Yeah. Right. Great way to streamline this activity, save time. However, my personal opinion on this is I think he's oversimplifying things just a, a smidge. Here's my thoughts. AI is super powerful. It's a great tool for every professional, but you're never going to cut the human component need out of the process. 
it's 100% going to be needed to do things like review things for Mm -hmm. bias, for error. Um, That's not always going to work with the software. You're going to need a human component. There are gray areas that require human capabilities to perform the job. So although it might cut quote unquote draft time for job descriptions down to two minutes, I do think that human review process is going to still be needed. And they're not really taking those things into account with some of those statements. I have, I'll jump to performance reviews in a second, but I'm going to pause. Thoughts? Yeah. To me, you know, the start of a relationship with an employee starts, right? It starts at that job description. And one of the things we see as a failure point sometimes in TA or of the hiring manager is, not really being thoughtful with your job description. What are you actually needing someone to do? What are the daily tasks? What do you actually need people to accomplish within the first 60, 90 year, whatever? I mean, that takes some thought, right? And we, right. Listen, we've been doing stock job descriptions in HR for a long time. That's not anything necessarily new, but what I see people doing a lot is not reviewing them thoroughly, um, mm-hmm. not customizing them to what the job truly is and not taking the time to do that. And if you do do that, that's way more than two minutes. Yes. The administrative piece of it and getting to that stack, got it. But again, you want to make sure that that job description, that entry point of that relationship is as accurate as possible. And that takes a human reviewer and it takes longer than two minutes for sure. A hundred percent. Super fair on the draft piece. Yeah, super fair. All right. I'm going to jump into where they started talking about performance reviews, because like you, I think performance is personal. So this sounded really murky to me. Um, So in the article, can I say something too? No, no, no. It's personal. It's also your compensation, your bonus and your promotions are predicated on performance management too. So it is very important. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think so. No, don't apologize. It's this, I uh, am full in agreement with you here in the article, a study by the advisory firm, corporate executive board found that the average manager spent 210 hours doing employee reviews each year. And with AI banks are hoping to cut this down significantly. I had a couple immediate thoughts here when I read that number of 210. One, I'm interested to learn what's included in that 210 hours as people leaders. You and I both know performance should be discussed in real time. Real time. And hopefully, yeah. And there's no surprises. Mid-year, year-end, A, there's no surprises. And B, it's really a summary of everything you've already discussed. So I'm curious about what's in that 210 hours of prep for, for summarizing that for your people, that, that seems excessive to me. It seems excessive to let's say, uh, cause most, most performance management processes, they'll have like a goal setting conversation where, what do you need to achieve? Right. Let's agree on that and document it. That, that could be conversation one, very traditional conversation two is halfway through the year. How are you doing? Conversation three would be year end. How did you do? If it takes you five weeks and some change to get through all of those conversations, that it seems excessive to me. Yeah. Or it's a people leader who might be overloaded. Maybe they're responsible for too many people and their performance. And so, you know, if organizations 
are looking to cut down the time because the average spend is 210 hours per people leader, I I think they have to probably get in and do a deeper dive. How do they want to, what are other ways they can address this in addition to leveraging AI for some things, right? But maybe it's reading the, you know, a submission of performance reviews across for that person and summary, summarizing the key points for a people leader to read through um, what were some of the trends, but I still think it's going to be the responsibility of that people leader to be collecting that data in real time throughout the year and taking a look at all of the data and make sure it lines up. Number two for me is performance as personal. As you mentioned, I think there's a risk here to really lose trust with the employee because it it impacts things like livelihood, to Mm -hmm. your point, compensation, bonus. Are employees going to trust that their reviews are fair if it's a machine that's spitting it out for them and there's not a human component? So, you know, I, I think, sure, there are opportunities to cut down time. Um, but I think the process overall is, that's my point three really is the process overall is a bit antiquated and we can probably revisit the performance management process to see what other efficiencies might we make. And is this formal mid-year year end really valuable if, if it's happening in real time throughout the year? The other thing I think about too, similar to the job description comment is feedback, the more context you can give in feedback, um, the better. And so Agreed. much around, you know, right, really great performance feedback is based on context, which most AI won't have right. because it's based on observation. It's based on what had happened. It's on the storytelling, right? Yeah. The feedback will end up probably being very diluted and not, not uh, effective, quite honestly, not even useful right. if the context is missing. Uh, you know, the other thing I think about too, is if you're viewing your performance management process as administrative, you don't have a performance management process, right? Correct. Yeah. That's wrong, wrong designation. It is not an administrative task. Yeah. Like we're, we're missing the forest through the trees, right? If we really want people to have really great development and know how they're doing, then it's not administrative. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Eschenbach, close things out in this article that was really to call out, you're not going to need nearly as many heads if certain pieces of code can be written um, 80% by AI. And the promise of AI is to drive productivity gains. And if you're getting productivity gains out of your existing workforce, you'll need less workers. I'm going to end this with a yes and here. Yes, we may have a need for less workers in certain areas with AI efficiencies, but this is all going to come down to your systems and your processes. And a lot of these have some really very human components to them, to the work, and should continue to have that human component. Um, And it's, look, it's one thing to use AI to write code or to perform data analysis on thousands of lines from Excel, but it's entirely another to leverage this for what we would consider a human task, not an administrative one uh, that can be solved through AI. Um, So I definitely think there can be major improvements to performance management processes, to uh, productivity overall, but personally, performance review writing, it's it's a no for me right now. It's a no for me. It's a no. It's an absolute, yeah, it's a no. Yeah. It's a no, yeah.
what what uh, caught your eye this week? All right. Pensions, baby. Pensions. Uh, so New York Times wrote a great article this week about pensions making a comeback. And we'll post both of these articles in our show notes. Um, for those of you that may not know what a pension is, because they're not really they're not really big uh, in the private sector. We see pensions a lot in the public sector, but let me let me start with what a pension is. It's a retirement fund. Um, to most people, a pension's a retirement arrangement between your employer. Uh, they put a regular payment into an account until the day you retire and for as long as you live. And the amount of your pension is usually dependent on how long you worked at an employer and your salary. And for the most part, the pension was an incentive for you to stay at the company, right? It's we're going to incent your loyalty by basically tying this retirement fund to your employment here. Cool. Okay. In the private sector, um, one in 10 people have pensions, one in 10, as opposed to a 401k, which we see a lot of, which is about five in 10. Okay. So not as many people, right? So far. Do you have a pension, Mel? I do. I have Ooh. a pension from an old employer. Um, so yeah. It's good. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I like an it. Oldie, goodie. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I remember um, working for an employer that had a pension and just thinking like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what I, know. I was, I thought of my papa. I was like, oh, I think he had a pension, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, pensions are a big thing. They're a big thing. And when you get to the age of retirement, right. Um, having an additional income stream to, if you have a 401k, if you have some savings, I have zero idea if social security will even be there by the time we retire, but any revenue stream is good for retirement. Yes. Here's the thing that really caught my eye, um, is IBM. Um, so IBM is bringing back the pension and they're doing things a little bit differently. Let me, let me walk you through this. IBM is still going to offer a 401k. Okay. Okay. That's not going away. But what they're doing is um, they're taking what they used to match. So most employers, right, have what they call a 401k match. Well, they'll they'll take a percentage of um, your match and, and invest it for you. It's basically free money that the employer is saying, here, we're going to dump some change in your 401k for you, right? Okay. So they're taking that 5% match um, of each worker's pay and putting it into what they're calling a retirement benefit account, or for those technical sticklers, a defined benefit instrument. Um, (laughs) they're basically giving people a pension. Um, so, but this is different than your traditional pensions. And let me, let me tell you how, Um, wait, wait, wait. before you do, can I ask a a dumb question? It's not going to be a dumb question because I had to Google (laughs) some of this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, do, are they, Allowing employees choice, like you can choose either to get the match or the match goes to a pension. No, um, what the article is stating is that they are taking what they would have done in the match and contributing it to this retirement benefit account. So they will not be matching the 401k. Okay. Okay. Offering it, but just not matching it. So they, it, it seems like Basically that 5% bucket match is going all over to this pension now. Okay. I, yeah. that is a little sus to me. <laughs> Why? Why? I just think, well, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. By the way, <laughs> I just learned that I, in my day, kids, it was suspect and now it's sus and I love sus. I'm a big fan of the sus. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> too many, uh, young family members. Um, so, yes. Okay. I love, love the 
the concept of bringing back the pension. I think that's so smart, especially you remember being 20 and like rubbing two nickels together to like thousand percent. I'm going to put $2 or five bucks of gas in the car. Just like bartering with yourself. Like I'll eat ramen for two weeks. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, especially for, you know, more junior level folks with that may not have the, the salary or the extra income to dedicate to a 401k, which is entirely upfront contribution from an employee, right? I hundred percent love this option. The risk is on the employer. They're putting, they're doing all the investment for you. No brainer. You don't even have to think about it. You have something there. The fact that they're vesting right away, that they can take it with them in all good things. Um, but I think, you know, like you should give people choice. People are in different journeys within their career. And the the person I am now would make different choices than the person I was when I was 20. So in my 20s, you know, as you know, the earlier you can start investing, the better because everything grows over time um, exponentially more the earlier yeah. you start investing. But if I'm in my mid 40s, I might say, Mm, I'd rather have the match. I love what they're doing. I'm just, I would love if they gave their employees choice because I wonder how people feel about no longer having that match from their employer if they are investing into their 401k. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting question. It's a really interesting yeah. question. And, and just like everything with benefits, it really depends on your stage in life. Right. right. Um, but it's, I do love that idea of there's no risk to the employee here. Quite honestly, um, that the, that the employer is doing this for you. Um, and to your very good point, what is a little different about this one is that employees can take it when they leave, they will have it. So again, I'm, I'm really taken with it. I like the idea of varietals in just like wine, yeah. oh, wine varietal varietals in your retirement <laughs> time. Um, but I, I like this. I like this a lot. I love Agreed. your idea though, of offering choice. Um, I think the more we can see that from benefit packages and even down to the financials, huge. Um, and I think this is something to watch and two things to, to leave on here. We will be seeing more about pensions. The article was noting that indeed, obviously the job board uh, site was reporting that employees are searching for companies with pensions yeah. more and more. It's increased 12% over the last three years. Um, we saw the United Auto Workers add pensions into their negotiations last round. They want to bring those pensions back. It's something of value to them. And This piece was very interesting to me, which was Glassdoor found employers with pensions had consistently higher ratings than those that didn't. So those that didn't had an average of 4.21, those that did had a 4.37. So statistically significant and there's maybe something there. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, think about it. It's more, especially in lean times where in the economic times today, right? If you even put a pause on your 401k, but knew that your employer was still contributing to a pension on your behalf, you feel a lot more comfortable potentially pausing on your contribution to your 401k because you're still, something is still happening for you. And then personally in your own paycheck, you get more money each, each time you are paid because you're not doing that 401k contribution. So it gives you that flexibility. I 100% love the idea of bringing this back. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. So exciting. It, you know, 
I am a fan of thinking about things a little bit differently. And sometimes that means going back to the future and uh, <laughs> revisiting some of these <laughs> things that used to work for us in the past. Let's but... hoverboard our way into a pension plan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm trying to think of a, God, what was that thing they always said in back to the future that, um, Oh God, it's not shenanigans. It doesn't matter. I have no idea. What- <laughs> <laughs> like the doc, what is this? It doesn't matter. I'm like awful at oh movie God. quotes, by the way. Like just, okay. We're going to go ahead and end the pod. Okay. So here we go. Those were our headlines today. Very exciting yeah. to look at. Mel, yeah. coming back next week, right? More headlines. We will come back next week with more headlines because there's always something in the news about work. So looking forward to bringing that. um, I don't know. A lot of good discussion. Really interesting topics. So more to come. All right. Thanks, friends. Thank you, friends. Thank you, friends.